in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other, one scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their sh- Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sportsocracy is on the air. Check us out at thesportsocracy.com. Don't forget you can see us as well as listen to us on the YouTube stream, uh, thesportsocracy.com. Just go to that uh, live video link, hit the subscribe button so you can get all of our content and you can get in on the chat as well. And it is a busy, exciting Wednesday here in the Ingles studio. Of course, we're always brought to you by Ingles Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. And it is Master's Week. It's all Jeremy can think about is hello, Hello, friends. friends. Live from Butler Cabin, we're waiting for Tiger Woods to take the first tee. Oh, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's a huge Masters weekend. We uh, have the par three contest on the screen right now in front of us. Yeah, whoever wins this, do not take them to win the Masters. Oh, has that never happened before? never happened. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Again, I'm new-ish to the golf scene. I've only been in, in the game here for the last... What has it been? Eighteen months, it feels like uh, since, since the comeback during the shutdown. Uh, but it is it, it will be my third Masters now as a golf fan. We'll talk about uh, who's who's going to be contending this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about your best bets for the weekend as well. We'll have more tips of that all throughout the rest of the week, of course. Oh, I have a hammer. I mean, an absolute hammer. I see. I have seen the number. I kept thinking it was going to move. It never did, and now I'm going to have it all. Carolina Panther fans, uh, we got some news for you as far as your team goes. And, uh, you know, it's long been considered, what what would David Tepper do if he doesn't get the support of the local community when he wants to build his new stadium? Well, we may have a sign of what he may do in that instance. We'll tell you that story coming up later on in the program, as well as the Los Angeles Lakers are out of the playoff picture. Jeremy's taken all of his victory laps after laughing hysterically. For an at, hour. Yeah. I, literally for an hour, because this is one of the most predictable things I've ever seen. Uh, he laughed hysterically on NBA draft night when – Russell Westbrook was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers and from minute one he said this is going to be an unmitigated disaster and that's exactly what it's been well Jay Williams said this is the biggest letdown season in sports history and I think that might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard come out of somebody's mouth because who thought this was gonna work who looked at this and went, yeah, you're you're fantastic. Well, all the sycophants, all, all the all the crazies in the NBA went, there's no way that we can we, we cannot have these three superstars on one team and this team not pay off. I'm not sure you have a second superstar, so Well, I mean, you do when they're healthy. That's, you ha- that's Anthony kind of Davis. Anthony Davis is never healthy. Right. Anthony Davis is a superstar. Anthony we should start call instead of uh, the brow, we should call him the unicorn. 
But I mean, we see it every once in a while, or Loch Ness, because we see it every once in a while, but it's kind of grainy, and then it goes away, and we don't ever <laughs> see it again. Nessie, just call him old Nessie. All right, uh, and of course, big money being thrown around in the NFL, or or is it as much money as we actually think it is? Uh, all of that coming your way over the next two hours here in the Sportsocracy, as well as our next matchup in the overrated bands bracket. We've got another Elite Eight matchup today. We got the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, going up against the Boss, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. This is the easiest one we've had yet. This is Bruce yeah. Springsteen by all of the ways. This is one I actually agree with you on. It should be Bruce Springsteen, but we let everybody decide here in the Democratic Republic of Sports so you can cast your vote on the poll in the YouTube stream. In the NFL, started out the day with Stephon Diggs securing that bag from the Buffalo Bills, and it has been reported in two different ways. It's been reported by ESPN as a $104 million deal. It's been reported by NFL Network as a $97 million deal. Who cares? It's, it's, it's offset language. None of it matters. It's $104 million. That's, that's what it is. Million, the, the most important, $70 million guaranteed. Yeah. And this will put him in line to stay, I would say, in the top 10 over the course of the next two years. Mm-hmm. And for Buffalo, home run. I have routinely said in the NFL specifically, it does not matter that you have stars. It matters that you have the right stars. Yeah. Stefan Diggs wants to be in Buffalo. Wants to be with Josh Allen, looks around and says, this is my, this is my four-year window to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I agree with him wholeheartedly. And I'm going to level with you. I, I've, been, I, I've been coming to this rationale over the course of this offseason. I'm officially to the point of the salary cap in the NFL does not matter. No, it doesn't You're adding matter. $30 million a year to the cap. Now, if you have another coronavirus year, which I don't foresee that ever happening again, but I've been wrong before. You better find some wood to knock on. I'm superstitious. I ain't that superstitious. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Yeah. You're going to be able to keep with, with the television money that's coming in. Just keep your guys. Mm-hmm. And to me, this was a huge road flare being shot into the sky to the Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers, and the Tennessee Titans. Get it done. Yeah. Just get it done. Yeah. Well, it makes sense to get it done for the Buffalo Bills because they have they have the quarterback. They have Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs came in obviously through a trade with the Minnesota Vikings, and since he came to town, shockingly enough that was when the josh allen turnaround happened everybody's like oh this is gonna be a big year for josh allen oh he gets stefan diggs and then guess what stefan diggs he ends up leading the league in receiving and then he had a quite a fine season last year going over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns he's an elite receiver he is an elite receiver perfect pairing to gabriel davis but to me it's a completely different situation and maybe i'm wrong on this but like with the Seattle Seahawks, you don't have anybody to deliver the ball to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So what sense would it make for you to pour $100 million into DK Metcalf if you don't have the guy? Buffalo at least has the guy. Mm-hmm. Here would be my question. Josh Allen without Stefan Diggs, is he, is he Josh Allen? The answer is I no, because we've already seen it. I mean, weird. Yeah. Josh Allen took the huge jump forward the year that they acquired Stefan Diggs. It's right. not an accident. 
I fully believe Seattle's going to draft a quarterback in this draft with the intention of them being the starter in Seattle before this year is over. Okay. Now, Evan Doyle, in our in our YouTube comments, said something that I feel as though I must address as the resident Jets fan in the building. His comment was the Seahawks wouldn't give the Jets DK for the number 10 pick in the draft and let them pay him the money. Well, there's two things of that. Mm-hmm. A, it was never offered. I, I've heard this report all day. Oh, the Jets offered 10. Specifically said to me, no, they didn't. Yep. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And had they done it, Seattle would have taken it. Mm-hmm. Because of what you just said. And we'll replace him with a young receiver. We'll go get Drake London, whatever the case may be. Right. I was the, the DK thing to me is important just solely because you're going to have a young quarterback. And if you go in with Tyler Lockett and Dwayne Eskridge as your top two targets, well, that quarterback's already off to a bad start before he's ever taken a snap. Mm-hmm. The other two are the more imperative. AJ Brown. Oh, he wants $30 million. I don't care. I don't care if he wants a, I don't care if he wants a five-year deal, 30 million a year with a hundred million guaranteed. Just do it. But what makes him different than the other receivers that we've had this discussion about? Uh, Amari Cooper was one of them. Amari Cooper's not in the ballpark of A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. You, literally, the fact you put them in the same sentence irritates me. Well, I'm just talking sheer money here because mm-hmm. uh, Amari Cooper got a $100 million deal. And he's not worth $100 million. You see, There's Ty- a huge difference when you have a guy that's the t- – because I, I would say Amari Cooper falls somewhere between 20 and 25 among receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me, look at his home road splits over his entire career. At home, great. On the road, <laughs> good luck. Right. Last year, that was reversed because it was bizarro world. He's not that guy. Ryan Tannehill was a busty, busty, bust, bust mm-hmm. before A.J. Brown showed up. Mm-hmm. A.J. Brown shows up and all of a sudden, weird. He's really good. And this takes me to the, the narrative that now I'm going to push, and it plays right into San Francisco. I now think it's more pertinent your weapons than your quarterback. Okay. I care more who your weapons are than who your quarterback is. And that's the reason you're seeing these $25, $30 million deals for weapons. Mm-hmm. Because a, a great set of weapons can take – look, it's not going to turn me into John Elway. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if you made it to the NFL, you've got enough talent to be a quarterback in the league. The difference between Miami Ryan Tannehill and best team in the AFC Ryan Tannehill is old number 11 on the outside. Oh, and Derrick Henry. Although they did he do had it with Derrick Ma- Henry before, I was going to say Marcus Mariota had Derrick Henry. Right? I was, what, did, was he ever a Pro Bowler? No. Right? You know why? Because his lead receiver was me. And they did they did uh, achieve the number one seed in the AFC without Derrick Henry for much of the year. So there's that. But Tyreek Hill, same thing. What makes it what what made this so different? for the Kansas City Chiefs is it because is, Kansas is it, City it, believes their system will turn any little shifty receiver like that see uh, uh, Sky Moore who right. I am now dead convinced winds up with the Kansas City Chiefs at the back end of the first round right they so, think they can do that with anybody right so is it a uh is it a question of a lack of confidence without that because we know the Kansas City Chiefs they're it's all about Pat Mahomes mm-hmm. it's all about Patrick Mahomes and what and and what he can do we can take any weapon and surround him with that well, I mean, you can also do that with Pat. When you have Pat Mahomes, you can say that. Mm-hmm. When you have a mediocre quarterback, and I got news for you, we're at a point in the league now where all but about five teams in the league have 
some form of an above average to average quarterback. Okay. There are five elite quarterbacks in this league. And they are? Uh, Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers was an obvious. Brady's where I'm coming to. Of He's right on that line. You got six Super Bowl rings, so, okay, you you, you count. Yeah. Did, so, did lead the league you're last on, year. It, so. I don't care about yard. Jameis Winston <laughs> led the league in yardage. I don't care about that in the least. And then Joe Burrow and Justin mm-hmm. Herbert. Okay. Those would be mine. The others are dependent on the weapons. And I think Josh Allen's pretty close to being dependent on the weapons. If you have an elite quarterback, but guess what? You're going to pay him elite quarterback money. So oh, yeah. the Tyreek Hills, you're not going to be able to do that. Well, that was, and that was part of the consideration with this, you know, this deal with Stefan Diggs, which, by the, the way, is going to look like a value two years from now. Oh, you think we're getting how how high do you think 35. we're getting on these contracts? Thirty five. I think Debo Samuel is looking for thirty five million dollars a year, and if I'm San Francisco, I wouldn't blink at it. Mm-hmm. Done. Uh, you, here's a check you write on it what you want because i'm terrified of this quarterback i have right that i uh, not only did i invest the third pick in the draft in him i traded up to do it you tell me what you want i don't care and people will and i know somebody's going to say this i haven't seen it yet but i know it's coming there are so many receivers in this draft mm-hmm. there's only a handful of truly elite there's a slew of very good and that's why i said that about tyler lockett there's only a handful of DK Metcalfs in this league. Mm-hmm. There are 50 Tyler Lockett's. If you don't have the first one, you better have that quarterback, and Seattle doesn't. Right. San Francisco, in my opinion, doesn't, which is why you can't let a weapon like Debo Samuel walk out the door. Mm-hmm. Buffalo knew. We're not the most attractive free agent destination anyway. Yes, we're one of the best teams in the league, but it's still Buffalo. It's still cold. And you're coming into the AFC, which is just a meat grinder. Right. So, yeah, we'll go Stefan Diggs. We'll roll with Gabriel Davis, Jamison Crowder. The ancillary pieces, we can save money there. But I'll give the big money to Stefan Diggs because he's yep. worth it. Yep. Uh, and don't get me wrong. The, uh, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that Stefan Diggs isn't worth this money. I'm just, I'm always interested in the difference between these, you know, why one team gives a certain contract as opposed to another team giving a certain contract. And I'm going to give you an analogy, mm-hmm. and this may make you, uh, this may make it easier to understand moving forward. We all have that friend. Uh, if you're listening to this show, I, I am that friend, where you look at their spouse and go, man, if she ever leaves you, you are screwed because you will never come close to doing that well again. Right. Think of free pending free agents in the nfl the same way if you're the buffalo bills how do you replace stefan diggs you don't right you had to give up a first round pick to get him in the first place you're not an intriguing for free agent destination for a receiver it's freezing in buffalo about the time october rolls around mm-hmm. so you get a guy that loves being here pay him i don't care kansas city that's slightly more attractive because you have pat mahomes you have andy Reid, you have a system for the long haul right if you're seattle that's about as attractive as as an all-you-can-eat buffet at a building with no windows right you can assume what i'm talking about but also the you know the in the kansas city thing it's also that we believe that patrick mahomes can be can can be with anybody we can throw all these fast receivers out there and just let him do his magic and out there would be a part of me if i'm dk metcalf that's sitting back going 
I'll just watch what Pat does. Mm-hmm. Watch how less effective he is this year without Tyreek than he was. I mean, I think he's 85% of what he was mm-hmm. with a rookie and Valdez Scantling and Miko Hardman. I'm not saying he's going to drop off a cliff. And Juju. Don't forget him. I can't forget him no matter how hard I try. <laughs> the sheer fact Jackson Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster now reside in the same city makes my head hurt. They're not collaborating, though. I've, uh, for they're, now. They're, they're not collaborating. Juju said there will be no TikToks in Kansas City. I don't believe that for a second. But he did I, I say he is not going to have a uh, a a what what do they call it? an influencer relationship with Jackson Mahomes. Yeah, I have never in my life uttered the phrase. Hey, did you see that thing on TikTok? That's never come out of my mouth, not once <laughs> ever, and it never will. You're not a TikTok fan? No. Uh, and now, trust me, I get lost on it. This show okay. has a TikTok right. page. Right. I get lost in it just of, and and this is something we were talking about earlier. It blows my mind what people will watch in large quantities. Oh, yeah. That dumbfounds me. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like Bruce Springsteen music. Blows my mind that anybody in large quantities would consume that. Yeah, you look at the important things in life, like some would say, you know, oh, I don't know, the recent news, the global news or whatever. Nobody cares. You get one video of a guy running into a screen door, millions of views. Easy. That's why that uh, that Allstate commercial where uh, the Mayhem guy is doing the little dance, this is, this is going to get yeah. tens and tens of views. That's the best commercial I've ever seen. There ain't no doubt about it. Uh, I, look, I, apl- I applaud Stefan Diggs for being able to get his money. Uh, the hundred-plus million-dollar deal is now the seventh such deal that we've had in this free agency period or this offseason in the NFL. And the money just continues to flow. You're here in the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. I had to I had to pull out Jeremy's favorite song. Oh. <laughs> I was waiting for the Goat Boy impression. Uh, uh, he makes I'm fun sure, of this song I so am much. I'm sure Stevie Nicks is a wonderful person, but man, I could not hear stand to hear her sing. Oh, I love Stevie Nicks. So much, and the fact that you think she sounds like a bleeding goat—it's oh, oh, it's so hilarious bad. to me. I'll be honest with you, I actually like that song better when the chicks did it than when oh. Fleetwood Mac. Did okay, it. well that is uh, that that is one of our contestants today in the most overrated bands bracket, Elite Eight. We have the Dixie Chicks, now known as the Chicks, going up against Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, and so far I think it's. I think it's pretty De- pretty definitive. Pretty definitive. Give me something yeah. that Bruce Springsteen gave the world that's not named Courtney Cox. That's the greatest contrib- contribution he has given us, and that's only because she ended up on Friends. The Streets of Philadelphia. That was 
they were there before. That was a good song. I think they were oh. built in the 1800s. I, I think the streets of Philadelphia were there long before Bruce Springsteen. That, that was a good song. Come on. Uh, Ugh. All right, whatever. Uh, uh, most overrated bands, Braggett, you can vote in the poll right now on the YouTube channel. We are at 75 to 25. Bruce Springsteen would be moving on if it were to end now, but it doesn't. There's still time for you to get your vote in as we move forward here with the most overrated bands bracket. Dixie Chicks against the Boss and the E Street Band. We already have one half of the semifinals all sewn up. Yesterday's winner was U2 by a landslide. Uh, no Land pun slide. intended. See what you did there. That's that cute. That was, that was nice. U2 takes on Tool in the first semifinal which is basically like the kansas villanova of this final four and yeah, the, we all gotta know how that's gonna go yeah, yeah yeah and the winner of this one the chicks and the boss will be moving on to take on either the rolling stones or Coldplay, which we rolling will stones. no stop that it's all rolling stones <laughs> there is a rolling stones or bruce springsteen i feel like it's springsteen u2 they're on a collision course Oh, I agree. And for me, there are no losers there. No. There are no losers in that because in in reality, there are no winners there. So vote before the show is over today if you are a Bruce Springsteen fan and feel like he needs to be eliminated from the most overrated bands bracket, you better you better get your votes in. I also feel like you should have to explain why. Why what? What why why are you attempting to get him banished from this tournament? It should have been oh. named for him. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you look, you know, it's it, it's a generational thing. You'll, you'll never understand the, the greatness. I just, I, I don't think I, there's so little music that I like at this point. I think I've been soured by everything that's come out in the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. And now it's just all noise to me. I, this is the only time I'm like you where I just yell at everything. Uh, as the NFL's uh, TV money continues to grow, obviously the contracts are going to continue to grow. Less than a decade ago, we had 13 total deals in history that were more than $100 million, which is kind of hard to believe. But now we're looking at one offseason where we have more than half of that, $700 million deals this year in free agency. And uh, – and, I mean, there's some fudging that can go on there. I mean, well, sure, years. right? Like Von Miller signs the 120 million dollar deal for six years. It's really only a three year contract mm -hmm. because the last three years are all voidable. Right. He could make that money, but more than likely, he's not. He's going to be 36 a really years ugly, old. Dead cap hit three years from now. Right. He's going to be 36 years old, and they're going to say, "Okay, that's that's enough of that. We don't need to push this until your year 39 or whatever." Um, but again, I never begrudge a guy his money. Oh, I don't care. And Stefan Diggs. The only reason I ever cared about how big a contract was, was because of the cap. The mm -hmm. New Orleans Saints have proven that doesn't matter. No. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Throw some voidable years on the back end, move some things around. Who cares? So what's the purpose anymore? Uh, that, 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 that comes to me, it comes to mind for me of what's the purpose of a salary cap anymore? If it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're a baseball fan. Why am I shocked? Why, why am I not shocked? Oh, I'm not saying they that. need to get rid of it. I'm just saying, you just know, keeps you within the boundaries. Matter. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because all of it the, keeps a team like Kansas city from just continuously adding pieces right. to what they already have. At some point you have to make a decision mm -hmm. and they did. It's too easy to replace Tyreek Hill in our system. Now, whether that 
serves to be the case or not it remains to be seen. And have you been at all surprised that when players get into this situation, the the flexibility that the players show when the when the teams need to renegotiate or they need to do it? I, I mean, because there, I, I can't remember a real standoffish confrontation in the last few years with teams trying to do this. The New Orleans Saints have had to restructure every contract they've had. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have had to do the same thing. Many teams are having to do this. And when the ten, when players are – what I'm getting at is when the players are on a winner, they know it. And they're willing to do whatever it takes. I mean, they're going to get their money in the end. Mm-hmm. I'll wait five years from now to get my money if that's what it takes as long as we can get rings now. Well, and the Buffalo Bills are definitely a team that is uh, in that in, in that stratosphere. Well, I mean, the arms race has gotten too aggressive. Mm-hmm. If somebody's not taking a little bit less or we're moving the money around – you're going to get steamrolled by these super teams that have now been formed specifically in the AFC. Boy, you must be outside your mind. The sportsocracy. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Many Panther fans have wondered since David Tepper took over this team, where where are we headed? Is this going to be a deal where, you know, the the, the billionaire who is now apparently worth like $16.5 billion uh, is going to get fed up, want something different, want a bigger stadium, want a new location? Will he move the team out of the city? And they've done a good job at pushing back against that. David Tepper's done a good job of making everybody believe that, no, everything's fine here in Charlotte. We just... We just want the best deal that we could possibly get. Uh, have you heard the update on the Rock Hill situation? The training facility that the Panthers want to build down there, they're going to move their headquarters. They'll still keep the stadium, obviously, at uh, you know at Bank of America in Charlotte, but moving the practice facility and all the headquarters down to Rock Hill, South Carolina. The team and David Tepper have invested $170 million in making this move and building this state-of-the-art facility down there. And they were promised by Rock Hill for $225 million in taxpayer funding to make this happen. Well, apparently something has... uh, The the, the city of Rock Hill is trying to renegotiate in certain ways that with this 240 acre development they don't want to uh, issue the bonds for the full 225 million dollars right now they want to negotiate a longer term plan well david tepper is not down with that seeing as how he's apparently already put in 170 million dollars on this so they just stopped work on the project altogether and now it appears that they are going to walk away from Rock Hill altogether and come up with some other new plan. I look at this as going, if Charlotte doesn't give David Tepper what he wants, he's showing you what he's going to do. He's going to walk away. He will find a suitor somewhere else. I, I And I think you're being, uh, let's say you're putting the cart before the horse. And I may be. It may never get to that, and you know Charlotte, they've 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 had their fusses over taxpayer dollars for stadium renovations and things like. We went through that a few years back. He they gave him what he wanted. 
He was able to do all the renovations, but at some point, it's going to be this stadium was built in 1995, and it's time for a new one. It's going to be it's it's on the horizon. It's down the road. Still not that far. Still a thought. Yeah, exactly. It's not that far down the road. Yeah, do you remember how uh, how acrimonious the negotiations between Buffalo and the Bills had gotten? Mm-hmm. And, oh, they're going to move to Toronto, or they're going to move to Poughkeepsie, or wherever they were going to go. <laughs> Weird. Not a problem. Right. They got that done last week. There could be some, uh, or there more than likely will be some litigation involved in this, whether it turns around that the city of Rock Hill will sue the Carolina Panthers, the Panthers may end up suing the city of Rock Hill to try to recoup some of their expenses on this failed project because they wouldn't come off of the taxpayer dollars that were approved for the deal. So, I don't know. This is the art of negotiation. Who wants you to know this? It'll get done. Yeah. We'll see. I need it to get done because I have a very convenient house to stay in that's right on the other side of where you're planning (laughs) on building this. Okay. So, okay, can we get this done I don't want to be on the other side of Charlotte. Right. I hate traffic. I'm telling you, if I ever get rich and famous, I will give up my driver's license. <laughs> I already have a deal in place. Driver, mm-hmm. not me anymore. Uh, I did love the one quote, though, from a South Carolina state lawmaker that said, David Tepper came to Rock Hill promising us Jerry Jones. And ever since then, he's given us Dan Snyder. Oh, Ouch. Oh. That oh, hurts. Maybe you're not putting the cart before the horse because I'm not sure that I could get over that. Yeah, them's is fighting words right there. So just remember, you're elected. Always remember that. There actually might be a way to get me to watch the Olympics, and it could be closer than you think. Oh, no. Damani Leach is the COO of NFL International. And he was talking about changes that could come to the 2028 Olympics. Mm -hmm. They're in L.A. It's flag football. Apparently, there has been a gigantic push. Now there is a world championship that is going to have teams from all over the world. And it's a real possibility that you could have flag football in the Olympics. That I would watch. That would you. 100% I would watch that. I mean, if we're going to do that, though, I need more. I need more in the Olympics. I need beer pong. I need, uh, was it pickleball? Cornhole. All sports that I'm good at. Darts. Let's let's go darts. Slam ball. Give me slam ball in the Olympics. Anything I can eat 17 beers and still participate in. (laughs) I don't know. You think, you don't think of flag football as a, as an Olympic sport, but there again, there was a time where a lot of these things were, I mean, skateboarding. Skateboarding was just something that, you know, rude teenagers did. And now it's an Olympic event. Ugh, I wouldn't watch. If they did that in my backyard, I would sell the house out. Skateboarding? I, really? Stop. Okay. I, I have no interest in watching skateboarding. Just like I have no interest in watching the luge. Just like I have no interest in watching Dancing with the Stars or that stupid show you watch where they put on Halloween costumes and sing. Oh, yeah. No, I I mean, there was a time. But after one season of that, I went... uh, You're still watching that. No. You may not admit it. I hadn't hadn't watched that since uh, Rob Gronkowski was on it. That was like season two, I think. You see how we're getting closer to the truth? 
Originally, it was, I didn't even make it to the end of the first season. Well, no, in I season did. two, Rob Gronkowski was there. And so I, yeah. he's about to admit that he saw Joe Buck. Who? Oh, Joe, the, the broadcaster? Yeah. He was on Mass Singer? Yeah. And wow. he was the first elimination the week after he signed his deal with ESPN. Interesting. It's the only reason I know, because I saw it on Twitter and went, oh, that's awkward. Interesting. Well, this is why you don't film things in advance. No, the last one I remember is I think Rob Gronkowski was on it and Terry Bradshaw. Awful. It's actually pretty good. Terry's a good singer. Awful. You know what else is awful? What? The Los Angeles Lakers are awful. Oh, God, they are. They are so bad, and they got their seventh straight loss last night, and the Spurs got a win over your 2022 NBA champion Denver Nuggets. It's okay. We're, we're, we just need one more win to stay out of the out of the playing game. We'll be just fine. And with that win, the Spurs eliminated the Lakers from possibility of being in the play-in tournament. And, again, the whole experiment with LeBron and Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis has ended in complete and utter tra- tra- tragedy. You say you, you almost made a new word. Yeah. Tragedy. Tragedy. <laughs> this is a total tragedy. Strategy. Yeah. But this has been bad. And I don't know that I don't agree with Jay Williams when he says that this is the worst letdown in NBA history. And I think you're out of your mind. Because to me, if you had any faith in this, I- I'm going to need you to explain it in 500 words or less. I mean, there was to me there was zero chance that they were not going to make the play-in game. That's probably a little more than I would have thought, but I would have had them in the play-in game anyway. Yeah. Be honest, be be a hundred percent honest with yourself. You're a smart guy, and you know this league better than most. Mm-hmm. You tell me the team that you thought they were better than: the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Pelicans. If they'd had uh, Zion Zion Williamson fully healthy, I would have thought they were better than Clippers, but I, but I would have had them in the same. Fully healthy, you'd have had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You're telling me that's really? No, I'm saying the the, the Lakers. I mean, we knew the Clippers weren't going to be fully healthy. I, and I'm okay. Even with just Paul George and the ancillary pieces, that's better than this roster construction for the Lakers. Okay. Th- this thought that they were going to be so good, I can't figure out how anybody thought that was a thing. And if you did, all right, let's say you went into the season and you were just – awestruck by the fact you had Russell Westbrook, the most overrated player in all of sports in my lifetime, and I don't think it'll ever be beaten. Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis, who is made of popsicle sticks, and 907-year-old LeBron James, who is more worried with doing movies than he is about winning and waiting for his child to show up in the NBA. You see how when you say it like that, you go, why is this so uh, awe-inspiring to us? Right. But it's because you still believed in, or, or or the ones who did believe still believed in LeBron. And then you still believe in LeBron. He's still one of the best. He's still one of the best in players in the NBA. I don't believe in him at all. Really? You have been in this league too long. There is too much wear on the tires, and you are done. Mm-hmm. Da-dun, done, 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 done. Because here's the thing. Are you still big? Yes, but the explosion is gone. It's not there anymore. Right. Now you are a really tall version of Jason Kidd at the end. Because you're not a great shooter. All you really are is a facilitator, and you don't have anybody to get the ball to. Mm-hmm. You spend half the year without your best player, which Anthony Davis is the best player on that team. LeBron just went full team gets mine, and I've heard a lot of people say this is, oh, this is him proving he can still do it. No, this is him doing what he had to do. 
because he looked around and went, wow, it's very Austin Reeves, Talon Horton, Tucker, Malik Monkey in here. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's not a good team. Mm-hmm. It's a bad roster construction. And Rob Polinka, if he keeps his job, you should absolutely unequivocally bail water. Mm-hmm. Because what he has done here is one of the greatest teardown jobs I've ever seen. Look at where this roster was. It was bereft of talent. All right, so you gut the roster, trading Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, blah, 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 for Anthony Davis right. with the draft picks. You're telling me right now you would be better off this way with this Malik Monk, Talon Horton Tucker, Austin Reevesy thing that you're doing. You would be better with that than Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. There you go. <laughs> it never made any sense. But when you start trying to appease your superstar, this is what you get. Well, I mean, it made sense at the time, right? At the time when they made the trade. I hated it at the time. You did. You remember. Okay. I absolutely hate it at the time. You gave up seven rotational pieces for a player that plays half the year. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he's good, so good, and when he really cares. Oh, you, you mean that one year where he got a four-month break in the middle of it? Right. Name me the other time he's even been reasonably healthy. It's always been more uh, more hope with Anthony Davis than anything. Because I looked at him in New Orleans much, much like I look at Zion now of – how much are you really hurt? I mean, we know you're brittle, and we know you get hurt. But we already know that you don't want to be in New Orleans anyway. So you can milk it for all it's worth. So I think there was some hope amongst NBA fans that once Anthony Davis came to the Lakers, that would change. But now it's, no, he's hurt constantly. He's Brandon and he, Roy. Yeah, he's and he a has very tall version of Brandon Roy. Setback after setback after setback. And you can never get him on the floor for an extended amount of time. During you're hyper talented, but your greatest ability is your availability. Mm-hmm. And if you're never available, I don't care how good you are. Right. Just I, I pulled this for this discussion. Do you know the other four teams that are going to miss the playoffs in the West? Oh, God. You got the Kings. Yep. The Blazers. The uh, I can't even. I the can't Rockets even, and the Thunder. Yeah, there you go. They had a 20 the, the Oklahoma City Thunder had a 2020 player last night. 23 points, 21 rebounds. I didn't even know he was in the league. <laughs> he played at Wake Forest and I saw the name pop up on my phone and went, "You're to that point? You're to the point of playing non-starters on the G League team because that's what he was." Mm-hmm. That's where you're at. That's where the LA Lakers are now. Oh, it's such a No, it's not. To me, it was incredibly predictable. Yeah. I did not predictable it. You did. I thought there was a chance that this was going to happen, that they would figure out a way because that's just the kind of blind faith that I have and and one of the greatest of all time, that LeBron James will be able to figure it out. Unless – I'll say the same thing I said at the draft, and I'm going to continue to say about this team. Unless a rule change is created where the L.A. Lakers get to play with two basketballs, this team doesn't make any sense. Right. And now you're stuck. And I mean, that, that, this thought process that you're going to get Doc Rivers or whoever to replace right. Frank Vogel, no, you're not. Yeah, Frank Vogel's getting fired, and the two names that surfaced yesterday in this discussion were Quinn Snyder and Doc Rivers. 
And I don't see either of those guys jumping on the opportunity to go, even though it is the historic Los Angeles Lakers and they're the coolest franchise in NBA history. I can't see either one of those guys making the decision to go down, go there for what? You you mentioned this to me yesterday, that Doc Rivers was the name that everyone was talking about. Yep. And immediately you said, why would you chase Doc Rivers? Mm-hmm. And my immediate response was, why would you not? If you're the Lakers, any halfway intelligent coach, Brad Stevens, who, who's up in the front office now, I'll give you anything you want. Right. Money is no option. But Doc Rivers leaving Harden and Embiid to come deal with this disaster? Not a chance. When you said that name to me, I literally repeated. You could have said Mike Shashevsky, Pat Riley, John Wooden, Roy Williams. None of it would have made it any more sense than what you just said. Because mm-hmm. none of them look at this and go, yeah, that'll be fun. No. Yeah, that'll be fun. Not only am I in one of the the, the most... It's not even pressurized. There, there's a huge difference between New York and L.A. L.A. is very passive. L.A. supports winners. Mm-hmm. And if you don't win, you just fall out of the out of their lexicon. Yeah, don't care. And that's where you're at. And there's nothing you're going to do. And not only are you completely irrelevant from a talent standpoint, you have one of the loudest superstars in the league that's constantly going to keep you on in segments just like this. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the Portland Trailblazers like this or the Sacramento Kings. There's a huge difference in the construction of the rosters, the team itself, and where they are. And I would argue there's no team in the NBA in worse shape than the L.A. Lakers right now. You are stuck with LeBron. You are stuck with Anthony Davis. You are stuck with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. You're stuck. And it is completely unsalvageable. I have heard all of these theories and possible solutions for this, like – uh, I think it was uh, it was on Key J and Z this morning, and it was um, Max was or Key J and M or whatever. Max was saying, "Well, what if they offered the New York Knicks Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, and we just get to pick whatever we want off your roster?" They would laugh at you. That's what I was saying. If you said we would settle for R.J. Barrett, they would laugh at you. Yeah out loud i don't think that there is a team in the nba that would look at a deal with the los angeles lakers for either of those two guys at this point and go yeah i'm in russell westbrook's the most unmovable contract in the history of sports Mm -hmm. well that's what that's that's what max thought would make it palatable is if you gave them anthony davis as well well he's never plays well i mean even then the the knicks are going to look at this and go oh that just all that does is turn us into you Right. Now our fan base has these excised expectations that we're going to be better than we are. Second of all, I really, uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not one that seeks out chaos. The thought of Russell Westbrook playing for Tom Thibodeau, (laughs) I I don't think I've ever wanted anything more because that vein in his forehead would never go away. No, it would not. It would just protrude at all times. It's a disaster. It it's, is. A, it's an abject disaster. And I'll be honest with you, the only way LeBron James is saving face from this is if he just walks. At the end of the year, I'm out. Just retire. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm tired of doing this. I, I want to spend that last year of high school with my kid. And I don't think anybody would fault him for that. But if you think he's going to magically, like this is some Cinderella story where he's going to turn back into the bell of the ball at some point, it's not going to happen. No. 
This is a guy that lived his career above the rim. Now he's a 38-year-old with bad knees and a bad attitude. Really? You think he's going to magically turn into more than he is? No. No. He is. I believe this should be. This should be the last chapter. And I, it would frankly surprise me if it was just because there has been so much talk from him about wanting to play with his son that last year for his NBA career and all of that. And Well, here's the thing. I, I, on both sides of that, A, you're not going to make it that far. B, your you're son's kidding. not going to make it to the NBA. C, I'd love to play quarterback for the New York Jets. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. But if he sticks around, what would he be coming back for? What's left in it for LeBron James in L.A.? I would say nothing. And, boy, you imagine the crap he would take if he tried to switch teams again. Maybe that is the solution. Maybe LeBron James just absolutely needs to say, I'm done. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Your picks of the night coming up next in Green on Green. At Ingalls, we know your closest companions are the ones who are always there for you. The ones you trust to have your back, no matter what. Who make the hard times a little softer and the good ones somehow a little better. This week at Ingalls, select sizes and varieties Kellogg's Townhouse or Club Crisp Crackers. Two for $5. Select sizes and varieties Starbucks Coffee, $7.98 each. And select sizes and varieties General Mills Cereal. Two for $5. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a Southern Hospitality Touch. Coffee's the closers only. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the money. All I can say is uh, thank you, Memphis Grizzlies, for absolutely nothing. You should have won it in regulation. And then not only do you go to overtime, get me on the money line, but you didn't even cover the spread. I hate things sometimes. Four picks for you in the NBA. First one, the Washington Wizards are a a 10.5-point dog tonight at the Hawks. This is where you can make some hay at the very end of the season because Vegas gets obsessed with teams that have nothing to play for. Let's be really honest. The Hawks don't have much to play for either. So if this game gets slightly out of hand, which it very well may, there's a great possibility that the Wizards are going to backdoor cover this by turning this into a nine-point game that was never really all that close. I think it stays closer than that anyway. I don't think there's a huge difference between these two teams. Give me the Wizards plus 10.5. Next, the Brooklyn Nets are a a 4.5-point favorite tonight at the Knicks. This comes back into the Nets need this more than the Knicks, but it's in New York and back-to-back them rest players. No, they won't because they are absolutely trying to stay out of the 9 or 10 spot in the East and have to play in that extra game. This is a pivotal game. I don't care that it's on the second night of a back-to-back. They are going to dump truck the Knicks. Give me the Nets, minus 4.5. Finally, the Phoenix Suns are a two-point dog tonight at the LA Clippers. Over-under is 229.5. There is a thought that the Suns are going to rest players, and they might. 
Even with the backups, they're still better than the Clippers. I don't understand this line at all. Give me the Phoenix Suns in the money line under 229 and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. The money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy. And you can take those wagers to betus.com. Use the promo code SPORTSOCRACY and get a 125% deposit bonus on whatever you put in up to $2,500. And if you put it in today, you can use those free play doubloons on all of the Masters picks that we're getting ready to give you in the next segment. Oh, absolutely. Masters. And I've got some hammers. we got some Masters talk coming up after the Sports Center update. The Par 3 contest has been suspended because of weather. They have a tie at the top. They may be able to resume today. They may not. No, they're done. They've, they've already called it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's over, over. Oh, okay. Mike Weir, Mackenzie Hughes, and Kevin Na. If you have any of them on a DraftKings team, you're doing it wrong because every winner of the, the par three tournament ends up terrible through the weekend. Mm-hmm. I feel great today because I have lost more weight with PhD weight loss. Another weigh-in comes, and after 18 weeks, I have lost 54 and a half pounds. And my clothes don't fit anymore. We had to have that discussion with the health coach today of, it's time, Tank. You need to go in, and you need to go get some new clothes. Because Did they look wearing at you and other say- people's pants is not a good idea. Don't wear other people's pants. <laughs> I've been having to borrow hand-me-downs because uh, none of my clothes fit anymore with all the weight that I've lost with PhD. I don't even want to ask what you're doing about underwear. For me, <laughs> I'm wearing new clothes that I bought for myself because wearing other people's pants is weird. I'm back down to my high school weight. I've had sleeping issues for as long as I can remember because I couldn't sleep on my back because I was so heavy. Thanks to the plan and the food at PhD Weight Loss, I'm back down to my high school weight. I'm sleeping better, and I feel fantastic. Another thing we talked about was, uh, you know, I've been tanked since I was eight years old. Am I going to have to change my name now that I'm not such a big human being? I mean, you want a drastic shift like that where people look at you and go, your name no longer fits you? Go to MyPhDWeightLoss.com. They can help you out. MyPhDWeightLoss.com. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Welcome back in to the Ingalls studio here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. And of course, the sportocracy heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app live or on demand. And we can be seen now on YouTube. Just go to the sportocracy.com. Click on that live video link. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, so you can get into the chat and get uh, alerts whenever we put out an extra content which uh, we are going to be doing hot and heavy over the coming weeks as we get down to the big day of the 2022 nfl draft draftness 22 days away now here comes drafty claws here comes drafty claws right down drafty lane coming up in the happy hour today only uh only on the web stream at five o'clock we will be talking about the five players that each team needs to target in the 2022 NFL draft. We are going to be doing these division by division. So this will be the first of four episodes of this, and we will be covering all of the teams from the South divisions uh, starting today in the happy hour of 
the sportsocracy. It is Masters Week. The par three contest uh, play was suspended, and they have called it that they are not going to be able to get back on the course before it gets dark tonight to complete the par three contest. So we have a three way tie. Not correct? Yes. And it was Mike Weir, Kevin Na, and Mackenzie Hughes. And Mackenzie Hughes. And apparently, there never has been a par three contest winner who has gone on to win the match. So you can just go ahead and write all three of them off. Not of that, which, I'll be honest with you, you should have anyway. I was going to say, not that any of those would have been on your short list to win this tournament this week anyway. But they, so they, so at least they can say they've won. Uh, a contest at <laughs> at the you. Masters. Good for you. You won the par three contest, three-way tie today. Uh, all eyes, of course, in this Masters on Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods coming back just over a year after the the hor- horrific car crash that we, I mean, be honest, when you saw the, the, the footage of the wreckage, you went, oh, God, he's dead. Like, it, it's just that that feeling that it looked so horrible. And it was. He almost lost a leg because of it, and now he's, like I said, just a little over a year after the accident. He is back out on the course. He's done really well in practice, according to those who have seen him, and he is a full go, as far as we know. He is, but you should really tamper your expectations for what you're going to get. Everyone believes that everybody believes in the tiger magic i mean especially after he came back two years ago or was it three years ago and won the masters after that you know the long layoff and all the other things that he's gone through in well his i mean and that was a long time away from that now you're oh, talking sure. about this is a very physical golf course mm-hmm. and i know that sounds weird to say because it's golf but this is a very hilly golf course it's hard to walk mm-hmm I mean, the over-under at betus.com on Tiger's finishing position is 35 and a half. Oh. And it's more likely he finishes above that than under it. And to me, that is insane. If he makes the cut, that's a win. I would agree. I don't think that – look, he says if he didn't think he had a shot at winning, that he wouldn't play in the tournament. And I get that's the competitor in you and everything, but – I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Tiger is Tiger could possibly win one. I, I mean, if you had a, I mean, if you had a, what was it like a few years back? I mean, you've had Masters in the past that have been very low scoring, like the winner had you know five under. Yeah, or, this week's not going to be that. This well, week's because not this is the be only that. weather that you're going to have. No, well, that, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. The other part is that it's going to rain all night tonight. So you're going to have a really soft golf course tomorrow. I would say the the leader in the clubhouse tomorrow is probably set at six. Okay. So, I mean, there's the chances of this. With, everything lays out poorly for Tiger. Now, him being here is a win. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Him making the cut would be a home run. Expecting anything more than that, to me, is just a fool's errand. You've watched too many Disney movies. Of You're asking a copious amount here. And yeah, he looks good. I've seen all the clips of uh, of him through the week. He looks good. It, it, but I'll also say, if you told me he got ten holes into this tomorrow and went, I I can't, I yeah. can't do this. It would that wouldn't shock me either. That would be my biggest fear. Uh, you know, if I were a uh, Tiger fan, is can he do it? Can can he complete it? I've almost been shocked. Like, does he have to put in this time? 
all of this practice time that he's been putting in and him being out on the course, I know he wants to he wants to test the body, but how much of that could hamper him going into the weekend? I'm I'm not overly worried about that. Uh, it, to me, it's the 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 rigorous course, the 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 the, the tax on your body. And this is the first competitive golf he will have played. I know he played in the tournament with his son, and he was fine. That golf course was set up for the John Daly's of the world. Right. You're coming to Augusta, and literally I could give you 30 people off the top of my head that could win this tournament, and it wouldn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. It's truly a litmus test for him, though, to find out how much golf can he take, at least right now. He's going to continue working on it, and we, I don't think we uh, any of us really expect Tiger just to go away. Oh, no, he's I, not I, going to. Tiger will be around for a long time. Oh, yeah. But, but, it, but this is also going to say, this will also tell him, one, can I do it physically? And if he's competitive, say he's in the top 25 on Sunday, then this is going to tell him, well, maybe I do have if a shot. If he's in the top maybe 25 on Sunday, to, he's bionic. Yeah, maybe I do need to play uh more warm-up tournaments before playing in these majors because he said he's never going to play a full schedule well, he hadn't played a full schedule in 15 years anyway but does he need to play more does no. it does he need to have a couple of tournaments prior to these majors to be able to stay competitive no that's overrated it's always been overrated look guys like tiger one of the beauties of him is that he knows this golf course backwards and forwards there's probably nobody that's going to play out of the, in this outside of maybe Fred Couples that knows this course better. The only problem is that you get to a physical limitation of it was just, I heard him on the Golf Channel earlier talking about how they they move this course slightly every year, and there's been a couple whole overhauls over the mm -hmm. last few years. Mm -hmm. All of this is to make it longer. And like 13, 13 is one of the most iconic holes in all of golf. Now they've bought the land back behind it to extend the green to make it longer. Yeah. That's not beneficial to Tiger at this point. But he even said, I am at full capacity of what my body will allow me to do. Just to swing as I used to. It's a great story that he's here. Mm -hmm. And if he makes the weekend, even better. But I think expecting anything more than that is you're asking entirely too much. And you should stop watching Disney movies. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't expect him to do a whole lot in this tournament. So whatever he is able to complete, I agree with you. Him just being there is a win. If he makes the cut, it's gravy on the taters. But the fact that you're going to have him Thursday and Friday, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw that he got an early tea time tomorrow. He's early late. Yeah. Yeah. So he got an early tea time tomorrow. He gets a late tea time on Friday, which I'm sure they did that by design. No, um, that's blind draw. Oh, it is. Mm -hmm. It's complete just blind luck draw. of the draw. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is gonna be that's a for somebody who doesn't believe in coincidences. It's quite the coincidence that they would give him the ability to recover longer than. Oh, you mean normal that, people? You, you mean it's? You think there's a conspiracy that they would want him to play at eight o'clock in the morning when it's not on television? Yeah, that's, I'm going to say the same thing I say when people tell me the NBA draft is fixed. If it's fixed, they're doing a really bad job of it. Right. That's how Zion ends up in New Orleans and Tim Duncan ends up in San Antonio. <laughs> I think it worked out pretty well for San Antonio. And it worked out well for San Antonio. Unfortunately, the best player in the league was on the team that nobody cared about. 
Well, I mean, until they won all those championships. Still, nobody cared about them. The 25th most popular team in the league. Uh, Tiger Woods, though, he is going to give it a go this weekend, um, and it all starts tomorrow. He's going to be teamed up with Louis Oosthuizen on the first round, I L- think. Louis is, if you're into wagering things, just wager everything on Louis. There's very few people I look at in this tournament and go, I don't see any way you're not in the top 10 because you're always in the top 10. Mm-hmm. I think you get that at plus 350 right now that he finishes top 10 in this tournament. Really? Which to me feels like an absolute layup. But how many of the how many of those layups are there for you? Very few. This is a difficult tournament. Mm-hmm. John Rahm is the favorite. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to not agree with that. He's not my favorite, though. Your favorite is Xander Schofley. I knew that was If coming. he didn't put one in the drink on 16 last year, he would have won it last year. And I just feel like at some point he's going to break through and do this. Mm-hmm. And this year feels, it just feels like this is the year for him. If it's not in this one, I think he's going to win a major at some point this year. Right. Plus, you can catch him at 22 to 1 odds right now. Well, obviously, you know, Scotty Scheffler comes into this as, as one of the favorites because he has been the hottest golfer so far this year. He's already got a what did I read? A 750 point lead in the FedEx standings. He does. And you have to be careful with, with current form because that's not really something that, I mean, look, if you can't play dead in the Western, then yeah, probably not the guy I want to roll with. Right. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes, ironically enough, guy that won the par three, Mm -hmm. he struggled mightily. I just, for me, there are a group of guys that I feel like they're going to be around on Sunday. Shoffley is one. Uh, Jordan Spieth is one, mm-hmm. and and I know he was brutal recently, but this, this is just different. This is a different kind of golf course. It's a different way at, at attacking who's going to win this. Uh, the guy that I'm telling you adamantly right now to avoid like he's on fire is Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. The DeChambeau. Ugh. Are we still doing that? Is that is he still a thing? He's an infuriating thing. I, ju- I, I jumped off of that bandwagon. Uh, I told you you would. Well, yeah. I mean, after the Brooks Kepka rivalry, never really. Kepka, by the way, is another one I'm avoiding. He has not. He has, and I know I just said current form doesn't necessarily always play. Mm-hmm. He's been really bad at times, not sustained. Right. I just look at Cameron Smith is another one that I'm. I, I really think has a good week this week, and you can never write off Justin Thomas. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at guys like I remember last year how shocked I was when Dustin Johnson didn't make the cut, and you go, is "You this... catch one of those every year, right?" But is this the is this the bounce back after he won it and finished in second place the year before he won it? Is this where Dustin Johnson comes back and you know he's he's going to be a thing? down the stretch of the weekend he's formidable but you have to be careful with guys like dustin johnson that live and i know he won this tournament but Mm -hmm. the year he won it was the best i've ever seen him hit irons it's also the best i've ever seen him putt the chances of him doing both of those things again are not real high what was the verdict on uh, matsuyama is he gonna play uh as of the last i heard he was going to play okay there was word that the stiff neck might keep him out but of course he is the he is the defending champion, and you know Jordan Spieth is just one of those guys that, up until what was it? He had a string of tournaments last year where he did really, really well, 
he will be the guy that's always measured against what he did earlier in his career. I think somebody uh, equated him to a struggling rock band. Like you had those great first couple of albums, and then after that, you're still hanging around, you're still touring, you still have your diehard fans, but you're always going to be compared to what you were in your prime. Well, and that's because we compare everybody to Tiger. Tiger's the only golfer that ever came in was was just a force of nature, and it never stopped mm-hmm. uh, until the personal issues. There's was really nothing that slowed him down. Right. That's not – in the history of golf, there have not been many guys like that. Jack is one, Tiger is one, and there are a handful of others. And even that handful of others, they were never week in, week out that consistent. You'd have a bad week. And that's what I think gets Spieth, is that there was an expectation that he was going to be the next Tiger, and he's just not. Right. What about Rory? Can Rory, Rory ever win one? Can he complete the career grand slam? And will this will this be his year, maybe? I I've, I never liked Rory at this golf course. It's just, it's never been really kind to him. He's had a couple shots to be competitive. He is... I think the eighth most likely to win this tournament. Mm -hmm. And I like every one of them that's underneath him. Mm -hmm. And that would be John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Cameron Smith, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, and Colin Morikawa. He's got, I mean, he, he's finished in the top five, three times Mm -hmm. at the masters, but that was years ago. Yeah. And two of those were really just sunday came along and he was good not great and everybody else fell apart right he just limped into the end of the top five at the end of the tournament he's only really threatened to win this tournament once Mm -hmm. but he is playing well so rory you know rory's got a shot but again i i think if i was gonna make a wager on one guy to win it all this year i think i'd have to go with scotty scheffler it's not a bad call. It's not the one I'm on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you win two tournaments in a span of well, what's it been, eight weeks or something? Yeah, and those two tournaments have absolutely nothing oh, sure. to do with this one. But it's also playing your best when it's time. I mean, it's like March Madness. You know, everybody. If you're playing hot and you've got everything going for you, you're going to have a good shot. All right, let me compare. I'm going to use your March Madness comparison. Okay. All right, so this would be like you played really well in your conference tournament, and now you're going into a cornhole tournament. <laughs> Those two things don't really apply to each other at all. Or would this be, uh, I mean, that's not a good one to use since they just made a run almost to the final four. I was going to say, would it be like one of these lesser teams from a, you know, a smaller conference winning that conference tournament and just looking unstoppable and then going to the big dance where they have to Face it's tougher just competition. This is all about guys that can hit irons. You've got to be able to – you cannot give up strokes on the green. That's what makes me nervous about Spieth. Mm-hmm. Spieth has a just notorious problem of giving strokes away on the green, and this is not a place that you can do that. I do think it's going to be more high scoring this week than you're used to, especially in the first two days. So the greens – because the greens won't be as fast? The, yeah, the first two the, – these first two days, specifically because it's going to rain so hard today – I mean, it's already canceled the, or stopped at the par three. They had to call it early. And it rained all day yesterday. Yeah, too. and it's going to rain all night tonight. Mm-hmm. So the weather for the weekend looks good. A little touchy in the morning. But other than that, it's going to be pristine. But that softens everything up, makes everything a little bit more forgiving. 
And then you get to the weekend where everything's just baked in the Georgia sun and it is going to be like putting in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. I'm all over Xander Shoffley this week. Who's the out who, who's the out of nowhere? The out of nowhere, like if you just had to if you had to throw a dime on it, who would it be? You're gonna have to quantify out of nowhere. I'm going deep divey. Like a guy that is not in that normal group of contenders so somebody that's 40 to one or higher sure yeah. matthew fitzpatrick matthew fitzpatrick that's another one that i feel very sure is going to finish in the top 10 to 15 okay played well here last year his game really translates to this course i don't mm-hmm. think he can win it so i'm, I'm not going to advise you he's plus 4500 i think I, i'm not advising that but i think he can be competitive if you're doing DraftKings things not a bad call all right are we doing uh are you doing a, a setting up a show DraftKings contest we, this we year we could do that yeah we could do that you we can do, do a DraftKings uh, a contest we'll put that link on the website after the show and okay. on our twitter facebook all of the other things and obviously you'd have to lock it in because starts tomorrow yes tomorrow we'll be live on the air and have masters golf on the television we need an intern that says hey you you remember that thing that you do with majors you should do that because that's the first time i've even thought of it i think somebody put it in one of our chat boxes and i was like oh yeah that's a good idea but that's not my thing i don't do that and i've spent all my money and you know me all eight dollars than oxygen yeah, tank is the first person in the history of time that had a decimal point uh deposit match on DraftKings. that's right I do it the we same way. We matched your seventy-one cents. I do it the same way every year. I put twenty-five dollars in at the beginning of the NFL season and see if I can make it last to the end. I've lost twenty-five dollars on lineups I forgot to draft. <laughs> You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Professional women's tennis is coming back to Harrah's Cherokee Center, Asheville, April 15th and 16th. Tickets are on sale now at usta.com slash bjkc. Get your tickets and see Team USA women's tennis in this exciting match, April 15th and 16th. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Welcome back into the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. The most overrated bands of all time are being decided in our uh, most overrated bands bracket. Today's matchup, the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, going up against, that's right, the boss. Oh. It's, it's just that like sounds like a drunk dad doing karaoke at some god-awful little beachside bar. Oh, yeah. Like, that dude sounds like he should be wearing a visor with a bad sunburn and just bleach white New Balances. Talking about his lawn and his grill. (laughs) Bruce Springsteen, the, uh, I mean, he was the darling of, like, the late 70s and all through the 1980s in the rock scene. But Well, I mean, we all love the drunk dad at karaoke. We've all just stood up going, you go get it, Dale! 
But there comes a point where you got to go sit down, Dale. It's okay, time to go home. You've had 47 beers. It sounds like you've forgotten half the words. Stop doing that. <laughs> so cast your votes in the YouTube stream, thesportocracy.com. Click on the live video link. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. You can get into the chat, cast your vote. Bruce Springsteen versus the Chicks in the most overrated bands bracket. Currently, it's at 70-30 in favor of the boss moving on to the final four. There is somebody in their car that's just so angry at everything oh, yeah. I say about Bruce Springsteen. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny? I don't mean all of the things I say about bands. I mean every word of this. I do not, for the life of me, understand how anybody listens to that. Yeah, it's fine every now and then. If you put, I, I'm trying to think of something that would be worse. If you took your entire silverware drawer and dumped it in your garbage disposal and ran it, I would rather listen to that. Mm -hmm. I think Bon Jovi. Uh, bon Jovi to me was the new Bruce, Bruce Springsteen because I I believe that's a lot has to do with why Bruce Springsteen was popular. Because, I mean, he was like the guy's guy. You know, he came out on stage with a cutoff uh, jean jacket and all that. And all that stuff was, that was the fashion in the 1980s. Like, wow, look at this rock star. And he just can't sing. I mean, it's Jimmy Fallon doing Bruce Springsteen is Infinitely better than Bruce better. Springsteen. It's fantastic. Yeah. But yet, this guy is one of the highest selling acts of all time. Which just proves there is a lot of bad taste. There is indeed. So cast your vote today. The winner of this will move on to face tomorrow's winner between the Rolling Stones and Coldplay in our semifinals. Oh, Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen will be a banger. And that's exactly where we're headed. <laughs> and you two and Tool have already moved on. I, I feel mean, like Tool is the St. Peter's of this tournament. It like, is. Why are you still here? They're, they're the 11 seed, and they have made the Final Four. They've made the George Mason-type run to the final four here and they are going to get scattered smothered and covered when they go up against you too and i guess we're gonna cram those together on friday yeah we could probably do that with the uh the most overrated band being crowned in our championship on monday oh with with nothing but drafting the season ahead of us yeah we could probably cram that all into monday or friday excuse me on the weird scale there's vegas there's florida and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. I know I've asked you this question before, Jeremy, but I'm going to ask you again. As the information continues to come in, are UFOs real? No! Is there such a thing as extraterrestrial life? No! No! You if it was real, everybody on this planet has a camera phone. Mm-hmm. You can't have an accidental pick at a red light without somebody catching it on a cell phone video. And yet we've never seen a video of it. Oh, we have. I mean, we've seen, there are videos no, out there of blinking lights in the sky. And oh, look, it's an airplane through a weird filter on my phone. It's a, it's mm -hmm. a UFO. Yeah. Yeah. Even, e even after all of these leaked reports have come out from the, from the government who has studied it and said, yeah, UFOs are real. I need you to look at who you just said that to and say, the government said it. You don't mm -hmm. trust that? 
Well, I, I mean, think you just answered your own question. I mean, I mean, they've been trying to hide it from us for years, and now, now they're fi- we're finally getting more information, and the latest information has come from fifteen hundred pages of def- uh, uh, of 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 DIA documents from uh, f- from the government that are showing us that they're at least looking into these things and they 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 are following up on all the reports of extraterrestrial activity and uh in these documents about the U, uh, about the Pentagon's secretive UFO program, the advanced aviation threat identification program, uh in the documents it includes all of the supposed injuries that have taken place with people who swear that they have had run-ins with extraterrestrials and UFOs. And how, how many of them were named Elmer or don't know. G- or Goober? Don't know. No, no names were were included in the in, in the report. Uh, that's it was it, just it's kind of damning to the report. Uh, the aliens love abducting people, but they're all very uh less than ideal intelligence people. Right, right. Uh there are several afflictions that are reported associated with UFOs that we have been studying and uh, uh, obviously abductions apparent abductions are the number one most common thread 129 of them have been reported to the government and the government has apparently looked into all of these uh electromagnetic effects on your vehicles is a very common complaint when UFOs are around um what does that mean exactly it means that you're, you're just driving down the road and your car just lifts up off the ground like wee. No, 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 no. It just shuts down. It's like there's a there's an electromagnetic pulse that yeah. comes from the you, UFO that shuts down your car. Yeah, you want me to tell you how to fix that? Change your oil more than every <laughs> seventy five hundred miles. Uh, but you know, so those are things that happen to items, things that have happened to people that have been investigated by the government those those are much better uh, obviously like radiation burns and things like that unexplained i got too close to this foreign object and came away looking like i have a suntan which is radiation burn if you've oh. ever seen the, the 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 chernobyl series on hbo it's phenomenal by the way uh but you see what radiation poisoning can do to someone. I have another explanation for that. I just don't know that I could say it on the show. <laughs> um, some sort of pain, skin sores, uh, nausea and vomiting. Obviously, those are all common things. But then there are others that are weird. Like there have apparently been five cases of sexual encounters that have been studied by the government to determine that. And at least one unexplained pregnancy were those reported by somebody that said they (laughs) met their alien girlfriend at camp and she goes to another school (laughs) right like it goes on all this entire list of all these things like insomnia and appetite loss and swelling of the tissues and dizziness five sexual encounters apparently four deaths associated with ufo sightings and one unexplained pregnancy that's uh and the, the four unexplained deaths are billy bob betty frank was standing on his roof going hey ma it's the aliens and they fell off the roof that's the unexplained death look this is you know this you can only use that excuse once right though you can only use that excuse once that oh i was impregnated by an alien no good can come from me <laughs> responding to that so i'm gonna move
Right but again, along. official documents that were released by the government that tell us, they give us a little window that maybe, just maybe, all this alien stuff is real. Do you recognize the name Gunu? Gunu. Gunu. Uh, that was the big four-armed guy in Mortal Kombat, right? Nope. Oh. Gunu was a, a rapper, and unfortunately, he was slain on March 18th. Hmm. That's not why I'm telling the story. Oh. I'm telling this story because of what they did after he was slain because apparently his mother and his sister decided that he was not a church going fellow mm-hmm. uh, and did not wear suits. So they thought putting him in a casket would not be really honest to the person that they were honoring. Okay. So they had him embalmed. They put him in his clothes and then they took him to a club and people danced around him. That's creepy. Stop doing weird things with dead people, okay? <laughs> this is like the fourth story we've had a month of somebody going, you know, I, I know that most people either cremate people that pass right. or they they, they 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 funeralize them or whatever they do. Stop doing weird things with people. So they took the rapper's body to the club so everybody could party with him one last time. Yes, uh, and apparently the club has issued, uh, the club, which was, it's called Bliss, mm. they have issued copious numbers of apologies because apparently they did not tell the club people what they were planning on doing i i I have so many questions not the least of which is would you not have loved to see the look on the door guy's face when they walk in and gunu is with them and they're like wait um hey man i thought you was that oh wait a minute wait what you're wearing sunglasses inside that is bad sign number one Bad sign number two is you did not look at me when I addressed you. That is that's that is a dead person. So and you, you got, are just trotting him through the bar like this is just normal. So you've got it in your mind that they like weekend at Bernie's to him in there, like had him a- around each shoulder and just walked. No, they in apparently there. just br- they brought him in on like a. It, it looks like an appliance dolly. Oh no! And they just stood him up. Just, did they use and the straps and everything to well, keep him up? I, I can't tell because they took a picture, which, by the way, is going to haunt my nightmares as much as that weird Reese's cup with legs that I saw throughout the, the course of the March Madness tournament. I read this story and I went, you know, this is a good chance for me to get my wishes on radio if I pass away. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you cremate me, I will haunt you forever. All right. So that's on radio. That's on air. And now, if you do it, you're all culpable. I I want to dance. I, I just you know I it, when I, I want to I just in. I'm all the way in. You just want to dance, but don't prop me up in the corner. I just you know what? Pass me around. Full like, on marionette. Yeah, like just okay. I got some big friends. Just all right. Get Mongo and somebody else and just tote me around. God, could you imagine? I want to like, dance. Me, I, I, me, and Andy trying to oh, yeah. make I, you dance. I, I want to. I no. want to sing karaoke and, and just just all the the, the weekend at Jeremy's <laughs> you can possibly do. Awful idea. Stop oh, doing no, this. No. This is weird. Look, if it's going to become this, uh, this is literally the fourth story like this we told mm-hmm. the month. Mm-hmm. All right, so now it's become very vogue to do weird things with people's bodies. Well, I mean, this stuff has been going on forever. I mean, people have treated you know dead bodies in weird ways for a long time i mean have you never seen all of the uh you, you know back in the wild west when they would 
sit people up and open their eyes and take their pictures and stuff is one last memento of the oh this is the picture of granddad when he was dead uh gross my, my mom was showing me something the other day about how in victorian times they you didn't have cameras to take pictures of your family members so the so the way that they remembered them was that they had an art made out of their hair victorian hair art is a thing and it is disturbing i'm not a fan of hair it's just but gross I, I just a lot of people in the comments said they were marking the tape okay i i want to dance i i just i, I just don't don't just put me a, don't just put me in a box and shit me off you know what <laughs> ultimate way for me to go out just we, we, we have a night on the town many many fireballs and adult beverages are had uh-huh one last uh rendition of country roads you know maybe at the silverados or or at the social and then you just put me on a boat and float me out in the ocean and just mm-hmm. there he goes mm-hmm. that's that's what he would have wanted you would that's rather have all of that done but but cremating you is out oh out yeah you you cremate me i will i will straight up haunt you forever like and man i'm not talking is like it because you have i'm a not talking like fire? once a year on my birthday i'm talking about like literally every day you come home and all the cabinet doors open and you go oh jeremy's here yeah uh, i guess we should have done that have you- I guess we're going to have to call. Uh, we're going to need a shipment of holy water because he will not leave us alone now. Now, wait a minute. You won't believe in UFOs, but you believe in supernatural stuff? Uh, no, I don't believe in that either. Oh, okay. I believe that my commitment to haunting anyone that has a role in doing that to me is that strong that I will bro- break through the fourth wall and I will haunt you forever. But is that, do you have a fear of fire, fire? yes oh, okay. uh, a horrible one okay. uh, a, a terrible one that is not how i want my last event on earth to go plus okay. let's be really honest i consume copious amounts of adult beverages so that's not going to go well okay <laughs> you ever throw alcohol on a fire yeah. do you know what happens i ain't going out like well, that. that just means you'll burn faster Less of a, <laughs> it's less of a, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you're going to be dead. It's not like you're going to feel it. That's fine. It's on the off chance no, I do. People have their own, their own, you know, wishes. Yep. I've made mine clear. Yeah. No One cremation. last night, weekend at Jeremy style, boat out of the ocean. See, see you keep saying that boat out here. on the ocean thing. And when I think boat out on the ocean, like I, like I envision viking funeral yeah 100 light it on uh, no no see you can't do that because you don't want to be cremated no no out front we just we just shoot the arrow and light it on fire no see because that's what i'm thinking we could all have fun with that's see we all line up on the beach yeah we all line up on the beach we put you out on the raft and then we all just get drunk trying to shoot arrows at flaming arrows at the thing there's no chance anybody's gonna get hurt doing this (laughs) Mm, you're one of them i know how clumsy you are there is a very good there's a much better shot you shoot yourself then you hit anything associated with me. Yeah, or Ed, or I get a uh, 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 beer in and go, hey, y'all watch this, and shoot it straight up in the sky. And, yeah, <laughs> and then try to catch it. Like- <laughs> and then if that happens, y'all can just throw me on the raft with Jeremy yeah, and burn us both. Yeah. Why not? We'll just, <laughs> we'll just do it that way. No, Where's you get your own boat? This is my thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to. We'll craft that's, one. That's that's like that's like getting engaged engaged at somebody else's wedding. You're you cannot. It is it is it is being a uh, a poor mourner if you die at somebody else's funeral. You can't take the spotlight off of the uh, off of the deceased. Correct. Yeah. 
By the way, don't ever do that. And tell everybody you know, don't ever do that. Don't ever get engaged at somebody else's wedding. It's awful. Uh, I, I've literally, as somebody that did weddings, I've seen that twice. The second time, I was oh. working it, and I had I had one enough uh, pints of liquid courage to go, what is wrong with you? Did you really? Oh, yeah. Over it's- the mic? No. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. That yeah, is I did. awesome. I didn't. <clears throat> I, d- I don't remember getting paid for that particular event. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't think you would. Although, you know, as the as the person that would, you know, if you were the person in the wedding, the bride or the groom, I'm not going to be cool with that. Yeah, if you're, uh, if the last eight minutes is the first you have consumed of this show, I guarantee you're going. What is the matter with you two? Right. I I was hugged not enough, and and now I'm I'm broken uh, in in my head. Uh, report came out yesterday in the NFL. Uh, I guess this was late last night. Tyron Matthew made his little visit down to the New Orleans Saints, and I love that guy so much. I just love his attitude. And when he left, the what he said I thought was brilliant was they don't need me. This is a good defense anyway. Mm-hmm. They don't need me, but I would have a whole lot of fun coming back and playing for Dennis Allen. I think this deal gets done. I, I do too. And he would be a look. He's a very different player than Malcolm Jenkins, mm-hmm. but he could be a very apt replacement. Especially because you have Marcus May, who's already proven he can play single high safety. Right. He did it with Jamal. The best I ever I ever saw him in New York mm-hmm. was doing exactly that and allowing the playmaker safety on the other side to do all of the things he does. To me, that's a perfect marriage. Yeah. And I look at that and go, with the two first-round picks, that that team could be way better than we think. Yeah, it's going to be a much better team than we expected them to be at the beginning of the offseason. Tyler Cunningham in the comments asked, who's going to play the other safety, Paulson and Debo? Maybe. No. No. He, It'll be Marcus May. He, he a little filler. Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. Yeah, that's uh, Dennis Allen. You play single high safety now because you have this toy to play with, and you're you're gonna have to because we paid him a jillion dollars that we did not have. So I think that deal gets done, and the Saints will round in round into form. Well, I mean, the three teams I heard on Tyron Matthew the entire time were the Steelers, the Saints, and the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Well, the Ravens were out when they signed Marcus Williams. I still think Pittsburgh hasn't. If I was putting a percentage on this, I'd say it's 90% New Orleans, 10% Pittsburgh. That they randomly show up at the backside of this and, and swoop in and make the deal happen. But I would say the Tyron Matthew deal gets done within the next handful of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Rappaport, he is reporting that another team in the NFC South has reached a deal with the safety today. Keanu Neal's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, yay! Hey, here's your Jordan Whitehead replacement. I thought Keanu Neal is Jordan Whitehead if you ordered him on Wish. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought we already got that in Logan Ryan. Um, here's your Jordan Whitehead replacement, Keanu Neal. <laughs> because I vowed to only say nice things today. You don't believe in Logan Ryan at all. I okay. I, all right. I do not trust him a great deal at this point in his career. All right, well, I mean, it will be a, uh, it will, it will be a patchwork of something uh, there. Logan Ryan, Keanu Neal. We know Antoine Winfield Jr. is not going anywhere. No. He's he's going to stay right where he's at. Uh, the Carolina Panthers continued. There's there's continuing rumblings and arguments going on about what they need to do in this upcoming NFL draft. 
And Jeremy, are you solidly on absolutely no quarterback? Like if it was you making the call, there's not a chance I'd take a quarterback in this in this draft at six. No, there's not a quarterback worth taking there. Mm-hmm. And we'll be doing the Carolina Panthers five players they need to walk away from the NFL draft with in the happy hour, uh, just about twenty minutes from now. Uh, and I'll go ahead and tell you, there's not a quarterback there. My the question that I always ask with quarterbacks: if all of them were in this draft class. Would the guy you have go ahead of the guy you would take? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. I understand the money. I get all the things. You're on the hook for the money anyway. Right. He's going. Th- this is not like Daniel Jones, where oh, well, now we can just oh, now we'll just knock off the fifth year option. We save all the money. Now you've already enacted that. Right. So you're on the hook for eighteen plus million dollars with Sam Darnold. And to me, you put a formidable line in front of him with DJ Moore. It appears that Robbie Anderson's still going to be there. Shy Smith is is still a piece that I like, depending on what happens to him with the league. Mm-hmm. And Terrace Marshall, I mean, that's the, the weapons are fine. And I didn't even mention Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I so would I would wait. Th- that's the path to me. Yeah, I, this is a situation where we said it last year. I'm gonna say it again this year. I would wait. If I was the Carolina Panthers, the chances that I'm going to be a really good, really competitive team this year, very slim. Well, I mean, and I've, and I've said this before, you've got a head coach that's got one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take a quarterback that the owner loves and a year from now try to find a coach and a staff that loves that quarterback that's already in place. Right. That's a fool's errand, and we've seen teams do this mm-hmm. a billion times. Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky is the best example of that you have ever seen because uh, Nagy couldn't stand him, didn't do anything he wanted him to do, and he basically typhooned his career. Mm-hmm. But I would take my chances that we're going to have a top draft pick next year, and I'm not saying like number one or number two, but you'll be in the top, what, 12? You'll be in the top 10. Yeah. Top 10 to fi- 15, depending. We'll be in there, and then we'll we'll see well, if there's a quarterback the there to take next well, year. And this is another one of those things that I don't, really ever see people take these things into account so there's really only two options if that's the case you're either going to pick in the top 10 or sam Darnold is the guy for the future Mm -hmm. if you don't finish in the top 10 draft wise next year that means you were good enough that sam Darnold's probably not the problem could you improve absolutely Mm -hmm. and look at the cleveland browns but you're not on the hook for sam Darnold. So then you can negotiate deals, you whatever you want to do. It just to me, it makes absolutely no sense to take quarterback in the top six. And there is a possibility that they're trying to get somebody to trade up, but I will tell you, and Tyler Cunningham just said this in the comments. He was at the Saints facility. He's a scout that deals with the NFC South. It, he said, I'm right. The Saints are in love with Tyler Smith, Jamison Williams, and Boya Mafe. I've heard the same thing on Mafe. It's just we hadn't really gotten into the second round that much. You make a trade for an extra first-round pick, it becomes, hey, who are you taking with those two? All right, it's time for something to chew on with Caleb Peak here on ESPN Asheville. Of course, brought to you by Ingalls Supermarkets. Manic circling around. He slipped underneath. They go to Love. Love's going to be the one to take it. Puts up the shot. It's off. The game is over. And Kansas completes the biggest championship comeback.
It was a game of superlatives. Welcome to Season 3 of Chew on That, brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. I'm Caleb Peak, and what a way to kick it off. Because as the free world, and more specifically the NCAA, reemerges from the darkness and emptiness that came to define the COVID era, this Final Four and the national title game it produced was one of the most epic chapters to be bound to the book of college basketball. And when I say most... That's not just youthful exuberance like Hubert Davis exhibited up until Brady Manick tripped over his own feet on the final inbounds play. All this talk about the biggest, the most, the first. It's not just hyperbole and melodrama. Oh no, the numbers back it up. In fact, the numbers are the only way to describe just how iconic this college basketball season was and how that the more things change, the more they seem to stay the same. Let's start with the biggest superlative that you heard Jim Nance refer to as the final horn sounded on the 82nd National Championship game, which actually accounts for two broken records at the same time. Of course, the Jayhawks' 16-point resurrection over the span of 20 minutes set the record for the largest comeback ever in the ultimate game of the NCAA tournament, breaking the previous mark of 15 that stood for 59 years. At the same time, Kansas set the mark for largest halftime deficit overcome in a men's championship game. Again, 16 points. Until now, that record was held by Tubby Smith's Kentucky Wildcats, who were 10 down at the half in 98 against Utah. On Monday night, UNC won the battle of the box score, leading Kansas in everything but assists, steals, and made threes. But a 31-10 Jayhawk run out of the locker room sucked all the wind out of Carolina's sails. So this game certainly qualifies for the biggest superlative in the class yearbook. But what about the quote-unquote most? Well, consider where we are now as modern Americans. Do you still have cable? Do you still have a dish mounted on your roof? Maybe you do, but I and many others like me do not. Sure, I might not get QVC or the Home Shopping Network. Pardon me while I sob uncontrollably. Yet, this year's title game became the most watched national championship game ever on cable TV. 18.1 million viewers tuned into TBS, TNT, and True TV for this blockbuster. And while probably 9 million of those viewers went to bed disappointed, not one of them could say they expected more out of this game. It was also the third most watched college basketball game of all time. And it's worth mentioning here that the second most viewed game in cable history happened only two nights prior when 18.5 million humans tuned in to watch UNC and Duke square off in a game that was more hyped and more anticipated than the national title game itself. If you're curious about the most viewed game in history, well, you've probably at least seen the highlights. The 1979 National Championship featuring Michigan State and Indiana State unsurprisingly is the most watched game of all time with 35.1 million viewers, a record that will stay forever. Besides, that game was carried on NBC, a network, so cable records be damned. And then there's the question of the quote-unquote first superlative, which is a mark that can never, ever be broken. It was the first time two head coaches who both succeeded the same head coach for their current job squared off in a natty. 
This was also the first time in my life that I've ever seen North Carolina forced to wear the glass slipper. Say what you want about St. Peter's and their Cinderella run to the Elite Eight. It was fascinating to watch those guys work under Shaheen Holloway. But Carolina was the real Cinderella here because the heels were still an afterthought coming into the tournament, including for yours truly. I had North Carolina knocked out in round two against Baylor, and they tried as hard as they could to give that game away. But here's a piece of advice. Don't get so caught up in the talk about first this, first that. Some of the best stories get overlooked because they aren't coming with superlative status. How about Hubert Davis as only the fourth coach in history to play for a national title in his first year at the helm? Joining Michigan's Steve Fisher in 1989, Bill Hodges of the iconic 79 Indiana State squad, and Dick Harp first-year head coach at Kansas in 1957, who, along with Wilt Chamberlain, lost their first-ever national title bout against the 32-0 Tar Heels as North Carolina claimed its first-ever NCAA championship. 33 years have passed between Fisher and Davis. And considering the difference in talent on the floor between Fisher's Fab Five and Davis's underclassmen-heavy roster, it's remarkable what Coach Davis has been able to engineer in his first year. Sure, it feels like the times are a-changing with this new world of college basketball we're living in, but the numbers tell the real story. All time, over 12 meetings, the record is perfectly even between Kansas and UNC. Six and six, dating back 65 years. The Jayhawks' victory handed the program its fourth national title, and maybe more importantly, kept Kansas from taking the all-time lead in most championship games lost. It would have become seven empty appearances had Carolina's 16-point lead held. And oh yeah, about Coach K... In a perfectly round total of 100 meetings between UNC and Duke during the Mike Trzeszewski era, the Tar Heels and Blue Devils are split perfectly. 50 wins to 50 wins. All in the same season, we've seen one era come to an end with little to show for it. We've seen a new era rise with plenty to show for it. And at the end of it all, we've seen the status quo prevail as the lone remaining one seed wins again. And of course, it's a Big 12 school. I'm Caleb Peak. That's something to chew on. It's the definition of I need a win. I've gone from up four hundred dollars to down a buck twenty-five in Ouch. less than a week. It hasn't gone well. Try to get back on the right side of the ledger tonight. Three picks in the NBA. First one. I got twenty-five on it. Oklahoma City and Utah. Yikes. If you watch more than 30 seconds of this game, you need to have your remote checked because it's obviously broken. Oklahoma City is playing guys that I didn't know were in the league. This is going to get ugly in a hurry. I don't see how they score points. Last night, you scored 96 or something like that against the Blazers, who are awful. I got 25 on it, under 219, Oklahoma City and Utah. Next, I got 50 on it. The Brooklyn Nets are a a four-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against the Knicks. They need this game. The Knicks have absolutely no shot of containing them. The reason this line is so low is because the Nets are terrible defensively. The problem is the Knicks don't have anybody that can take advantage of that. This number is off. I got 50 on it. Nets minus four-and-a-half. Finally, I got 50 on it. The Dallas Mavericks and the Detroit Pistons under 218-and-a-half. Luka Doncic is going to get anything he wants. If he plays, there is a possibility Dallas doesn't have much to play for. So they could actually rest guys. Detroit can't score anyway. The last two times these teams have met, it's been under 210 
and that was at full strength. I don't think this one comes close to it. I got 50 on it, under 218.5 between the Mavericks and the Pistons. And you can place those wagers at betus.com, promo code SPORTSOCRACY, and that'll get you a 125% deposit bonus on whatever you put in, up to $2,500. Stick around on the YouTube channel. We are going to talk about the top five players that your team needs to come away with in this NFL draft. 